This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Kim Butler, welcome to the Better Wealth Show. Hey, Caleb. Nice to get to talk with you today. Always a joy. It is always a joy. And I remember my journey of understanding how life insurance works, understanding how to think about money very much was influenced by you and to your husband, Todd Langford. And I'm excited about this book that's coming out. And I'm hoping my audience can not only listen or watch this, but also support what you're doing and getting your book. And it's all about understanding the truth about college. And is college worth it? And I'm very much looking forward to this because I get this question asked by a lot of our clients and a lot of our audience and saying, should I go to college? And I'm looking forward to this conversation. So with that, do you want to just give a little bit of context of why you wrote this book and what we're going to be covering today? Absolutely. It's fun that you bring up Todd, because I will admit to you that the original impetus for the book was to have one more book that demonstrates his truth concepts calculators, which are so valuable and life insurance agents nationwide use them. So a lot of clients are probably familiar with them. They've maybe seen them, heard them, what have you. And the education calculator (laughs) didn't really have a book or really anything on it. We started there, but I love what it evolved into. And it directly addresses the question that your clients and my clients are asking and our clients' children are asking of all ages. And so I am so excited that we were able to flesh out. It's way beyond a lot of the typical either ways that you can get college paid for material that's out there or the commentary about college costs and loans and that kind of somewhat negative space into the land of possibility and opportunity and a whole bunch of very specific ideas that are beneficial for both the parent side of things, no matter how old somebody is parent-wise, so it could be grandparent, right? As well as those even junior high school and college age kids that are thinking about this and their own situation. So I will admit that I have maybe a little bit more of a negative outlook on college and get frustrated to see some of the things coming out of college and the amount of money that's being spent. And we talk about opportunity costs. I also think there's an opportunity cost on time. Before we jump in, what is your overall outlook and view of this? maybe before and after writing this book, and then we can go into maybe the framework and some of the other fun calculations. And then I would also love, regardless of what you think about college, if you are going to go to college, what what are some great financial strategies that can help it be more affordable? Absolutely. My perspective has for a long time been that some people absolutely should go to college and some people should not. And then there's everywhere in between. And over time, as I have witnessed what paying for college can do to families financially, not only the student, but the parent, it is a very sad story. And so again, I'll reiterate, yes, absolutely. Some people should go to college. And so then you have to figure out how does a particular family handle the cost of college, but also, and this is in the book, how can a child and the parents work together to reduce that cost of college? And we have a litany of resources in the book for ideas that help that particular situation and get those college costs down so that it's not burdensome. But I think that other side is uber important as well. And as we know now, we're recording this late 2022, college, or let's just call it learning, has the world available. It's a wide space. And so we give lots of different resources for 
people to do the learning that really should be lifelong instead of the typical college realm. And there are so many good ideas where you can get learning accomplished without actual college. Yeah. One of one of my favorite examples of that is Praxis. I've had the owners and founders of Praxis on the show and it's just a college alternative, but they, they point out the fact of you can learn how to be a good leader. You can get experience. You can get paid while you're learning and right? they guarantee a job. And that's just one of tons of examples. So let's talk about the famous question, should you go to college? If you're a parent listening to this, or if you're a kid listening to this and asking the question, should I go to college? What is your framework on how to make that decision? So chapter six is know thyself. And we can start with things like even free personality profiles on the web. You can up-level that to something like Strengths Finders or the Colby profile, that's K-O-L-B-E, which both of us are familiar with. Those types of things that enable that junior high or high school age child to learn who they are. That is the first learning that should occur. And of course you can do that younger, but it's when you're getting close to that adulthood that I think you can start and it's a lifelong thing, but start to get a sense of who you are. If you don't know yourself, college is not the place to find yourself. That's a good, that's a one-liner that someone should write down. If you don't know thyself, college is not the place to find yourself. That's well said. Thank you. What is, and do you in the book, talk about like when, like what degrees make more sense versus other degrees? No, although I think that is an interesting question, but I know for myself, I am a college graduate. I have an English degree. So yeah, it's normal that maybe I wrote a book, but it's not really normal because yeah. frankly, my actual writing skills would put my English teachers turning in their graves. And I help people with their personal finances. I'm like, how opposite is that? Yeah. So I really actually don't feel that the degree itself is as relevant. We could argue that to a certain degree, but we don't get into that because it's not something that matters as much. What way matters more is finding work you love. Yep. And then some things do require certain degrees. Okay. If you want to be a doctor, you have to have these certain things. If you want to be a certain level of engineer, you have to have these certain things but that's probably not where you're gonna start your freshman year anyway. So is it almost if I'm reverse engineering this saying, okay, know thyself, what do you really wanna do? Majority of people don't know going into college. That's why they change their majors so often. What you're saying is once you know thyself, then you can ask the question, is college best helping me from a time and money perspective to help me with that? And if the answer is, I don't know what I wanna do, you would almost recommend doing maybe a gap year. What would you recommend to someone that doesn't know what they should do? Because majority of 18 year olds, 17 year olds, once they're starting to think about college, don't know what they want to do. And this is maybe the heart or of the big issue behind college is people are making a huge financial and time commitment and almost sticking to something, whether they like it or not, because they're already like too far in. It's like the sunk cost fallacy. So is that the framework is like getting really clear in where you want to go and then answering the question is college this degree, the best use of time and money to help me get there? So I like how you've jumped ahead and yet in a way, no, that's not the framework because as you well know, an 18 year old really can't answer that question. Right Now some can, some have a sense and you can maybe get in the ballpark with some. Okay, great. But for everybody else, 
I don't think people can really answer that question until they're well into their thirties. Yep. So it is a environment that you need to have maybe a direction in, but then, and this is the best comment that we got from some of the people that read the early versions of the book. The book helps you get clear that the best preparation is to be open-minded, capable, know what your strengths are, be able, be able to shift, be able to adjust. Those are the strengths. And so the framework sets up a lot of areas where you can start to go down some particular roads and learn. Apprenticeship is absolutely one of them. There's some really good ideas in there in terms of how to find those types of things, learn some about them and get paid along the way. Because as we also know, time does create an opportunity cost. And if you're four, five, six, seven, eight years in schooling and not earning even a little bit, then there's a huge disconnect there too. And what that's going to do for the rest of your life. That would be an interesting calculator to, to break down. And it would be, and again, we have to be careful and you're, you'd be the first to say this because math doesn't share the whole picture because you could mathematically be correct, maybe be more efficient, but it, you may not be happy. And what is the return on fulfillment? Mm -hmm. So it is tricky, but you're not saying you have to have your life figured out what you're saying is you at least have to have a direction and you have to have some of the characteristics so that when you go into college, you can best utilize that. So I, is that stated? Yeah, that's a much better idea towards how the framework of the book is structured to leave with a sense of possibility, yep. to leave with some direction, but maybe not all the answers. No one book is ever going to provide all the answers, but sometimes as a great Dan Sullivan quote, asking the good question is the better thing to do than to provide the answers. So I trust in the book, we've done some of that as well. Yeah, I love it. I even looking back on my college career, most three years, and actually during that time, it was when I spent time with you went to truth training. And if I look back, if I wasn't in college, I would have had a lot more pressure, or I may have not been in an environment to want to learn. And I may have felt like I had to figure out my career at 18 years old, which I knew I wanted to do something in the money space, but I had no clue that I wanted to do this. And so I look back on college and say, did I learn much in the classroom? No, <laughs> but it gave me a three year time period to really go out and learn and not feel that pressure of having to make money. And I don't know if that translates to anyone or if that encourages anybody, but really being intentional with this time period and not just trying to pass the classes. I think I'll give my dad some credit. He said, Caleb, I could care less about your grades. I care if, are you learning? Mm. And the first year I thought I, my learning equaled the grades that I got in the classroom. And I realized that was very short-sighted. And I took a step back and I can actually say that I learned in college, whether it was in the textbooks or in the class versus not because of the attitude. And so anything that you want to say to that? It is so critical mindset, another word that's certainly on the lexicon these days. And it is something that we can learn to adopt a different mindset. If the mindset or the attitude that we have is not serving us, we can figure out a way to adopt a different one. And so I think it's really valuable for kids of all ages on up into their hundreds, right? Everybody, there's good about being a kid all your life. 
and being able to shift mindsets. And this is a skill that we want to learn just like all the other things that we can learn. And with the amazing resources of the internet today, you can learn any of those types of skills, especially ones that are not physically related, using our hands or something very quickly with a quick course on the internet or a book here or a podcast there or a YouTube somewhere else. And so I'm loving the just shift in our society's thought of, first of all, we want to be lifelong learners. Second of all, we don't all learn the same way. And so if somebody else processes information better audibly and somebody else likes to read, that's why we do our book on audibles. And that's why there's a Kindle version as well as a physical version, et cetera. Haven't figured out the video thing quite yet, but we're getting there. For for those people that are like, hey, I want to get the book. Where's the best way for them to get this book? All of our books are on Amazon. We have over 10 of them now. And as stated, they are in lots of forms. And so they're, I think, the most readable in the way that serves them best. And we'll do podcasts like this that we turn into videos. And someday there will be an AI that can take a book and create a video out of it. Yep. So, sooner rather than later. Any Anything else, Kim, though, when you were writing this book and you were thinking like, oh, this question is a money question or this is a concept? Because we're going to get into the more financial side, but I really believe the heart the attitude, the mindset is the key here because we can talk about college planning and strategies, but that's, you will miss the, you will miss the point of this whole show and you'll miss the point of this whole book. You're just looking at strategies and you're not asking the hard questions. So is there anything else you want to share about this process of just, should you go to college and is college right for you? I think I'll broaden the landscape in identifying that lifelong learner thing that we've touched on a bit, because there are a lot of people right now that are needing to shift their work environment. And it's a, it's a, do I go back to college question, right? It's the same question that the 17, 18 year old is dealing with, or the 22, three, four-year-old that's maybe come back from the military or has done a gap year or what have you. And now they're ready to make that next decision. I'm grateful that we were able to write the book in a way that I feel would benefit anybody that's really asking the question, what's next? What's next for me? How do I serve? Because I believe we're all put on earth to serve and it's something that we should do our entire lives. And so maybe that's a 50-year-old that's needing to retool for the marketplace Maybe it's an 80-year-old that was, quote, retired and now is feeling like they want to provide some service again, provide value so that they can get paid or not, but provide value. Where do they go? And so I believe that the book even addresses those perspectives as well and really gets them thinking and gives them some confidence and some specific steps to take. If you want to be an entrepreneur, do you think it's crazy to go to school to be an entrepreneur? Probably. I think you'd do better with the apprenticeship environment and learning and getting results and failing and learning some more. Again, there's some entrepreneurial oriented companies that are going to need this specificity, an engineering degree or what have you, but I'm sure there are some colleges. So let's not lump them all together, but as a general rule, your typical college is probably not the best place. College is a very fact, find, follow through environment. And that's a Colby term. And there are absolutely businesses that are fact, find, follow through oriented, but it is not for everybody. College is not the right way for everybody. And really it's a lot about learning style more than 
what is going to happen after that. And I asked that extreme example because I agree with you. But now if we look at, I have a lot of friends that are going for marketing or they're going for business management and yeah. they will be the first to say, I'm going to school, I'm getting the, I'm getting the piece of paper. And then my dream is to work in a company, be a leader to market. It's so funny when I'm like, when I hear people going to school for marketing, cause I'm like, marketing is changing every, <laughs> every day. And so you're reading this book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, you know, the SWOT analysis, like I'm love that, but it's like, there's so many things that are changing. What do you say about that? Cause I understand both sides. I totally yeah. understand the 18, 19 year old that's, I'm going to go to school because this is going to give me a better opportunity to get a job. But I also see companies that are starting to change, not requiring a degree. So what are you seeing and what, not that you would tell them what to do, but what kind of questions would you ask the marketing or business management person that wants a job and is trying to figure out what they should do? Yeah, it's a really good question. And you saw the reaction on my face when you first brought it up. So I've already indicated that I'm not sure school is the best place to learn things that are changing so quickly. However, there are places where you can learn. So one of the examples in the book is a group called Udacity, and they were originally from Stanford University, right? So it came out of college, but you can get on Udacity, take a six month course and get hired in the seventh month. Like they have specific places to go for the skills that you've learned. And some of them are marketing. Some of them are more in the technical space. And there's literally hundreds and so I feel like that's more relevant to today's world that is changing so much. And I get it. Like you, I see both sides of the table. I remember when I came out of college and I do have a four-year degree as noted in English, and I went straight into the banking world because I was actually hired by a bank before I even graduated, which was awesome. Went into their management training program. And I remember looking down my nose so rudely at the concept of sales. And I wanted to manage, right? I didn't want to do sales. Oh my gosh, how wrong I was. And I heard it recently in a discussion amongst a bunch of mid 20 year old kids. Oh, sales, the same kind of thing. And that there's, I think it's a Tom Peters quote, nothing happens in business until something is sold. So this concept of, I want to manage, okay, but you have to figure out what's happening. How is, how are results being gained? Yeah. This kind of thing has to happen before you can quote manage. So I have to say that if they're two, three years into it here, you clearly on the sunk cost idea, but let's get that degree finished. Maybe otherwise you want to talk about opportunity cost. <laughs> So that's true for that later stage, but holy cow, if somebody's starting out, please get a micro degree. That's literally what Udacity calls their courses and go work in the field. And then if you want to go back and first of all, too, let's look at two-year degrees. They're amazing. And same deal, Caleb, I used to look down my nose at these too, but there are amazing two-year degrees out there, associate degrees that you can get for a third or a quarter of the price, not half, a third or a quarter of the price of a typical four-year degree, go find work you love and then come back and add the college experience classes, et cetera, et cetera, if that's even necessary at that yep. point. Yep. I Being homeschooled all the way through, uh, I definitely thought outside the box. So I did CLEP test, yep. which is what I always say is like a easier version of AP. And then we, I also went to a two-year college and got a lot of prerequisites out and in high school. And then that allowed me to graduate a year early. 
exactly. and it just was all it all stacked but it was really neat that you could do that in high school years yeah we have lots of information in the book on the club test they're amazing love it love it all right let's transition over now to let's put our financial hat on and let's assume number one that college is the right fit for johnny Johnny wants to go to school. He's maybe not super clear on what he exactly wants to do, but he's got the right mindset and has decided that college is one of the best environments that can help him go to the next level. It's hard for me to even say that with a straight face, but I'm going to stick with it. And there's so many people that this will be relevant to. Absolutely. What's the next step? So it's okay. What is the next step financially to lower the opportunity cost of of money? Because I think we could all agree universally that it's just like taxes. If you can get the education with as little money out of pocket, wouldn't that be a win? And I don't want to make that assumption, but that's the assumption I'm going into this. Sure. I will admit that the book addresses this issue only very briefly because as we know, it's very personalized. And there are a lot of people out there whose direct skill and entire business model is helping people navigate that landscape. So we don't in the book. However, I have just, again, based on experiences, do you some ideas around the environment and most of them get connected with investing in real estate along with the college experience. So it looks something like let's buy a condo in the area and have a series of renters that are helping you share the cost of at least the schooling, sorry, of at least the room for the schooling because the schooling has got the cost, but Sometimes half the cost is the room and the board, and probably they can do cheaper on food and board if they have a condo or an apartment or something like that. So there's some storyline in there, some examples of clients that have done that. Of course, also life insurance comes up because life insurance can be a protected asset that will enable a parent to maybe not have to pay as much for school, maybe get a little bit more financial resources from whatever scholarship, grants, loans, et cetera. And we only cover this very briefly in the book, but nevertheless, that's a valuable thing that can get looked at and added to as people look at that entire landscape. And then there are some scholarship suggestions and whatnot, but there's so much other information about that out in the marketplace. We chose to stick with the mindset part, the know thyself part, some of the alternative frameworks, alternative schools, all sets of those. And that's more about what the book is about. I do want to add, and we've addressed this, but just to be clear for people, because I think a lot of people hear the term opportunity costs and they're not clear about it. And that is the biggest impact. So just a quick example, numerically, if you spend a hundred thousand educating a kid, 25 grand a year, four years, something like that, it's not just the hundred thousand. It's the opportunity cost for that money, which typically is measured by what your best investment is. So if your best investment is 5%, it's a hundred thousand times 5% for the rest of your life as a parent. And you could even argue that it's a hundred thousand and 5% for the kid, because that money could have been put use building a business or what have you. So that is the part, and we actually show the calculators and the calculations of opportunity cost. That's a part that I think a lot of people don't understand, don't really calculate, don't think about. We were not, we were taught about opportunity cost, but we don't remember it actually in college and in high school, even in your accounting classes and that kind of thing. But most people don't bring it down to the level of their own personal finances. Yeah. And depending on what you go to school for, your income 
may there may never be a level where it surpasses the actual costs short term and long term that it costs you to get that degree so that you could work at that job and so it's always funny to me how at least at the school i went to the biology and the business degree and the finance and the accounting degree was the same cost from with education and other things and it's it's just it's interesting and i wonder if that's going to be addressed in the future in politics i'm i know a thing or two that you probably didn't talk anything about politics in this <laughs> book because you know it's constantly well. changing that's true. And it's not my area of interest. I'm a big believer in focusing on what we can control. And that is yeah. not it. You do bring up a good point, though. And that is that the commentary out there is that you will earn more if you have a degree. But you and I know that this is not true, because we know many people that either have no degree or an irrelevant degree or a partial or whatever, and earn many more dollars than other people. So, you know, it is about the value that you provide in the marketplace, which frankly has nothing to do with your degree in most cases, again, always yeah. exceptions. But I think it's important to just identify, and we have some of the resources and the research in the book about this, none of which is at the top of my head right now, but it is not always accurate yeah. that somebody with a college degree earns more over their lifetime yeah. than somebody without it, it goes back to what you talked about in sales when you first got in that space like that negative view and all businesses is a service or a product yep. that is being sold and people are buying it because they're saying i value that service or product more than the currency that i hold in my hand and so if we understand business 101 and we're we look at ourselves as inputs in that system right you'd either start and create services or products or we work for other people and we usually provide a service via our work that provides right. value and at the end of the day it's is college going to be a, the best time and money investment to enhance that and we have to look at other things like fulfillment there's other things to that and dan sullivan who i've been impacted by who's personally mentored you and just been an incredible mentor talks about this unique ability concept and that there's nothing more powerful than really working in your unique ability in your life. Anything else you want to talk about this? I'm, I cannot wait to read this. I want my whole audience to support what you've been up to and just and get this and maybe buy it for a couple people that this book would come in handy. I don't know, people that are entering college or parents that maybe are homeschooling or thinking about the future. This is going to be a book that's super relevant. I will tell you, there are some fun pictures in the back. So you may remember my story. Part of the reason that I have the four-year degree that I do is because I milked cows from fourth grade to 12th grade, sold the milk and used that money to put myself through college and ended with very little loans. And my parents didn't have but a very small amount of out-of-pocket costs themselves. So this is the first book I've included pictures of me and the cows at fourth grade. I love it. I love it. Kim, any, anything else you want to say? And as we wrap up this, I'm grateful that you put the time into making and writing this book and very thankful for you coming on the show to talk about it. Well, thank you. No, I think we've covered the important things and I'm always grateful to you and your community for being lifelong learners because that's really what it's about. All right, guys, go get the book. Kim, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing how the book changes the way that people think and the ripple effect that it creates in the lifelong learners in our community and, and on. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.